And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And we're going to work on your financial freedom today by talking about the stock market. Yeah, we're going to do a little little discussion about what's going on in the stock market. Now, some of you, well, I, I let me qualify that statement. Many of you listening to the show are invested in the stock market. The reason you came to the show is you're not real happy about what's going on in the stock market and you're looking for more productive ways to invest. So one of those more productive ways has to do with real estate investment, but you're not quite sure how to do it. So you turn to the show to get some insider information about how to invest correctly in real estate. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the stock market, and then we're going to get into an analysis of not one, but two different properties that, that came across my desk yesterday. And we're going to compare and contrast how things are going in the stock market to how things are going in the real estate market. Are you okay with that? I know you're okay with that. And if you're not, well, buckle up. You're going to enjoy it anyway. So let's talk about the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I am looking at a weekly graph of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And I will tell you, that thing is just, it's choppy. That chart is very, very choppy. Now, one of the things that I noticed about the Dow Jones, I was hoping that this was going to work out for you guys was that I noticed prior to the beginning of 2023, the Dow Jones appeared to have been shaping up into what we call a double bottom base. You, you, those of you that understand stock charts, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that, that don't understand stock charts, but you're invested in the stock market, you need to learn how to read stock charts. Anyhow, so the, the chart itself was building into a double bottom base. Now, a double bottom base is one of those bases where if, if everything works out correctly, you stand to potentially make some good money. But in order for a double bottom base to work, what you have to do is you have to go through a period of about a week, maybe two weeks, where volume drops off, but pricing drops just minimally. See, what you're doing is you're shaking out the last of the, the diehard holders of the stock, and you need those people to go away so that your stock can, can bust through the ceiling and it can break out to new highs. Does that make sense? Okay. To some of you that makes total sense to some of you i, I might as well have just been going blah, 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 right okay got it all right so here's the problem that i see in the week of i want to say it was the beginning of december it it looked like the dow jones industrial average was going to break out of that that double bottom base but here's the problem it did eventually break out right around the time period of well it looks like the end of uh, November, the beginning of December, that stock broke out just after Thanksgiving. But here's the problem. It broke out on very, very low volume. Now, the following week, it, it got to a, a, a higher 
level than it did the week previous. And it did so on higher volume. But the volume still wasn't enough to indicate strength in the marketplace. Yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing. And what has happened since then, the, well, the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it just kind of came down. Now, some of you are banking on the fact that, well, may, maybe maybe it's coming out. Maybe this is the portion of the double bottom that, that we were waiting for, except if you fully understand a double bottom base, what's already happened is that the right side of that graph has already exceeded the middle portion. So the double bottom, it's done. You're going to have to wait for the stock to the, the, the index, I should say. You're going to have to wait for the index to set itself up again to break out of whatever consolidation it, it goes into next. And hopefully it'll break out and hopefully you guys will start making money again in the stock market. Now that's the Dow Jones industrial average. Now, when I looked at the NASDAQ, man, I, I'm seeing similarities, but the NASDAQ is even more depressed. And I think it's even more depressed because those, those tech stocks that you like to invest in, I think those tech stocks have been getting hammered, especially in the, the inflationary period that we're in and the talk of recession. Now, nobody is admitting that we're in a recession, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say we're in a recession, not not because I, I want to be in a recession. I'm just seeing all the signs in the economy lining up to say that we're in a recession. Now, the government doesn't want us to be in a recession because that makes them look bad. It also makes them think that they have to do certain things to manipulate the economy, kind of like the, what they've been doing with the interest rates. And of course, the, the domino effect for us as real estate investors is that the interest rates for the mortgages that we purchase to leverage our properties with, the interest rate is going up. Now, the one thing that's going on in the real estate markets that's kind of counteracting the fact that the cost of money is going up, we're starting to see the pricing or the values of properties come down. And right there and then, those of you in the stock market are thinking, well, there's a perfect reason why we should not invest in real estate because the prices are coming down. And right there, I have to stop you because I have to tell you that you don't understand how the real estate markets work and you don't understand how the real estate markets will make you very, very wealthy. Now, on today's show, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about two properties that were brought to my attention by Kara. Now, Kara is one of the, the members of the Lifestyles Realty team. Unless you're a member of Lifestyles Unlimited, you, you can't work with her. You, you just can't. That's just the way we do business. But the beautiful thing about what Kara did. Now, first of all, let me tell you where Kara is at. Kara is in the, uh, the Kansas City, Missouri area. So she works in that that Metroplex there. She, she provides properties to to members like me in the Kansas City market in the secondary markets around Kansas City and the tertiary markets around Kansas City. So she's got probably about a I would say about a 45 mile radius from the center of Kansas City that she focuses on and she's always looking at what's available in those markets and presenting us with some some great properties to review so we're going to talk about two of the properties that she provided to me now the first property 
is a three bedroom, one and a half bath home. It doesn't have a garage, but it has a basement. Now, one, one of the things that you're going to find out about properties in the Kansas City, Missouri area is that the majority of the homes there have basements. That's just how they do it there. Part of it has to do with the, the wind effects and the fact that they do have tornadoes that come through from time to time. So you need a place to go shelter in place if you're going to live up there. It's just the way it is. So that's a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. It was built in 1982, so it's it's a little bit newer than a lot of the properties that I analyze on this show. And it's about 1,440 square feet. So I want you to, to keep that property in mind. Remember, it's a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, 1,440 square feet, built in 1982. Let me talk about the... Oh, by the way, that particular property is located in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, so it's it's in the Metroplex. This other property that she sent me, it's located in a place called Leavenworth, Kansas. And you're going, Leavenworth, Kansas? Why do I know about Leavenworth, Kansas? What's in, what's in Leavenworth, Kansas that I'm thinking about? And you're probably thinking, nothing. I don't know anything about Leavenworth, Kansas. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Leavenworth, Kansas. It's, it's got a military base there. It's called Fort Leavenworth. I know, real creative, right? It's got a federal prison there. It's got some some other th things there and it's really a tertiary market to the kansas city market because it's about a 45 minute drive from leavenworth proper to kansas city missouri proper okay and there's there's three major routes you can go by so it's not it's not that far away i i would equate it similar to let's say um we're talking about houston texas and then maybe we would talk about um the Woodlands. Does that make sense? Maybe the Woodlands is too close. I don't know, but depends on how traffic is, right? Because with traffic, we could make that, that distance seem like forever and a day. All right, let's get back to these properties. So the property in Leavenworth, Kansas is a one bedroom, one bath home. It does have a garage. It does have a full basement and it's 624 square feet. And it was built in 1925. So that property is almost 100 years old. So on the surface, which property sounds like it's a better investment to you? Which property is, is standing out? Now, some of you are thinking, yeah, I like the 100-year-old house, man. That's, that's, that's one bedroom. I, I could find a great you know, young married couple. They could live there. That'd be a great thing. And then some of you are thinking, well, wait a minute. That three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, that, that might meet a bigger demand in the marketplace because I could put a small family in there. I could put uh, a, a couple in there that wants like maybe a, a one of the bedrooms for an office and maybe one of the bedrooms for a, a guest quarters, that kind of thing, because because people rent houses because they have company over. So they get that extra bedroom. I mean, that's one of the reasons that people rent the way that they rent. OK, so on the surface, we don't we don't really have enough to to really decide which property is a better property. So let me give you some more information. The, the three bedroom, one and a half bath home, the 1,440 square foot house built in 1982, it has an after repair value of $165,000, meaning all fixed up. That's what properties are trading for in the marketplace. Now, let me jump over to that, that one bedroom, one bath house in Leavenworth, Kansas, that's only 624 square feet, but it was built in 1925. It has an after repair value of $110,000. So do you have enough information to determine which is the better property to buy? And I would submit to you, you don't. 
All I've told you is that one property could be worth a certain amount of money and another property could be worth a certain amount of money. Let's talk about what these properties are on the market for, because that's going to give us a better indication of what these properties can do for us financially. The three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath can be bought for $120,000. That gives us $45,000 of equity to work with to do the rehab. The one-bedroom, one-bath can be bought for $75,000, which gives us only $35,000 to work with. Do you have enough information? Not yet. When we come back from the break, you will stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Everyone is asking, is it still a good time to invest in real estate? We see no indication that for the foreseeable future, and even the unforeseeable future, no indication whatsoever that real estate is suddenly not going to be the best vehicle for creating wealth and passive income for your family. And so that would say that now is the time to get in. And we very rarely talk about this because we talk about cash flow. But now we're talking a little bit about capital gains and what the future brings in that property. Because it's real, at the end of the day, you have all your cash flow, but you've got this nice capital gain when you sell. And the inflation that we see and the reasons for it are going to continue And we're going to see great capital gains at the end of the line when we sell these properties. Get in on the next free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And we're doing so today by talking about two particular properties that were presented to me by Kara, who is a Lifestyles Unlimited Realty member. She's one of 50 licensed agents that we have working across multiple states in multiple locations. And she provided me two properties to take a look at that I thought were great investment opportunities. Now, one property is a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, 1,440 square feet, built in 1982. You can uh, buy it for $120,000, and it has an after-repair value of $165,000, which is potentially giving us $45,000 to work with to do the rehab of this particular property. Anything we don't consume in that rehab, that goes on our bottom line. The one-bedroom, one-bath property, which is farther away, it's in Leavenworth, Kansas, is 624 square feet, built in 1925. You can buy it for $75,000, all fixed up. It's worth about $110,000. So that's going to give you about $35,000 to work with on the rehab. So based on that information right there, which property sounds like it's the better property? Now, some of you are thinking, well, it's it's a no-brainer, Al. It's a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath because clearly it's giving us about $45,000 of of equity to work with to do the rehab. So there's there's more potential for us to retain that money than the $35,000 that the one-bedroom, one-bath is going to provide us. Okay, 
I, I, I kind of like that argument. I'm not saying no to that argument, but I like the way we're thinking about this. So what else could I tell you that would help you generate information as to which property you would go after? Why don't we talk about the rents? Why don't we talk about the cash flows? Let's not even talk about the rents because, I mean, I could give you rental values, but it, it really doesn't matter. What we need to do is we need to take a look at what the cash flows are that these properties can produce. And ironically, the cash flows that they produce are almost exact. Kara anticipates that the three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath property in Kansas City, Missouri is going to cash flow at about $276 per month. She thinks the the one-bedroom, one-bath over in Leavenworth, Kansas is going to cash flow at $277. So it's a $1 differential. So, I mean, it's 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 pretty close. It's, it's pretty, pretty spot on. Either property is going to produce about the same amount of revenue every month, which annualized is going to produce over $3,300 a month for your family. Does that make sense? Okay. So does that sway you one way or the other? And some of you are thinking, well, it still sounds like the three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath is, is, is a better property. It's, it's a newer property. It's a little bit bigger. And we've got more equity to work with in that property. So may, maybe that's the one that we target. All right. Why don't we talk about rehab? Because we haven't talked about what it's going to cost to do the rehab. And we haven't talked about what it's going to cost to use our hard money lenders to keep our cash out of pocket as low as possible. Now, I said hard money, and some of you went, what's that? What's that hard money? Hard money isn't. Yeah, hard money isn't. It's really not that hard. It's, it's really an asset-based loan. What it does for us is, is we work with a, a pool of lenders that are, that are specialized in doing hard money uh, loans. They also work with our conventional lenders that we have at Lifestyles Unlimited. Uh, they work hand-in-hand. Hand. They, they have relationships with each other, which makes it much easier for us to, to execute our transactions. But the hard money allows us to go in and acquire a property and pay for some, if not all, of the repair costs up to a 70% loan-to-value number. You heard me correctly, up to 70% loan-to-value. That's a really good thing because what that does for us is it keeps our cash contributions, the amount of money we physically take out of our pocket and put into the deal to a minimum. Yes, it, we, it keeps our cash outlay to a minimum. That's why we like hard money loans. We're going to use a hard money loan to buy either of these properties. So let's, let's talk about the cash out of pocket required to buy these assets. Let's talk about the rehab costs to get the rehab done on these things. Okay. Because I think with these two pieces of information, it's going to give you the rest of the picture that you need in order to make an informed decision as to which asset would be a better asset for you to pursue. The three bedroom, one and a half bath in Kansas city, Missouri, that was built in 1982. Remember it's 1,440 square feet. It is going to require a minimal rehab. We're, we're talking probably in the neighborhood of around 3,500 bucks. There's not a lot of work that needs to be done on this property. It's actually in, in pretty good shape. I understand that the reason that it's being offered for sale at such a discounted price is that the seller is in uh, financial problems and as a result needs to dispose of the asset because they need the money for the asset and they're 
basically putting on the market because they want to get it sold. So a guy like me is willing to help somebody like that out of their situation if all the numbers work out for me. $23,000. That's what I estimate your cash out of pocket to be on the three bedroom, one and a half bath property. $23,000. Okay. So we're going to consume about what? $22,000 of the equity in that particular property. Remember I said there was $45,000 difference between what the property is worth all fixed up and what the individual is willing to sell it to us for. So it's, it's about a 50, 50 split. Okay. But you're going to come out of pocket about $23,000. What that's going to do for you on a rate of return. This is important. Now listen up on a rate of return on your cash flow, it's going to give you a 14.4% rate of return on your cash flow. How did I calculate that? I took the annual cash flow, which works out to be $3,312, and I divided it by the $23,000 cash out of pocket that you're taking out of your pocket in order to do this deal. So just on the cash flow alone in year one, you're getting a 14.4% return on investment. You're also getting about a 137% return on the capital gains because you're only putting $23,000 into the property, but you're commanding that much more in equity. Now let's go back over to the one bedroom, one bath. Here's the interesting thing about that one bedroom, one bath. It's in really good shape. It's in really good shape. This is another property where the seller is selling for a particular reason, the property is worth $110,000, but they're willing to sell it for $75,000. I don't necessarily know what's going on with the seller on this particular property. Maybe it's just because it's a one bedroom, one bath. Maybe they're having a hard time selling. I happen to know the Leavenworth market very well because I was actually stationed at Fort Leavenworth for a while. And so I, I know the municipal area around there. I know the general area where this property is probably located, and it's not really in a bad area. It's not in a bad area at all. So I kind of like this property. And here's the other thing. Our cash out of pocket in order to do that particular transaction, now are you waiting for it? It's $5,230. So let's just stop right there. $23,000 out of your pocket to buy the three-bedroom one and a half bath property, or $5,230 out of your pocket to buy the one bedroom, one bath property. Which property is sounding better to you now? The only thing that concerns me is that the HVAC and the roof are eight years old. Now, roofs tend to have a lifespan of a lot longer than eight years. So, I would have a roof inspection done just to make sure everything is good to go. And I would expect that that roof report to come back clean. The HVAC, I'd, I'd have a licensed HVAC technician go in and, and check the system out and make sure that it's, it's going to live its 15 or 20 year lifespan. I would do that as peace of mind for me. And here's why. I can get into this property for $5,230. That is a lot less money than the $23,000 that it's going to take for me to get into that three bedroom, one and a half bath property. This is why I'm starting to lean towards the one bedroom, one bath. When I compare it 
based on the cash on cash return. Now, remember, this particular property is going to produce over $3,300 a year in annual cash flow based on, on the rental amount. Actually, this one produces an extra dollar a month. Whoopee, it's an extra $12 per year. But when I take that $3,300 and I divide it by the $5,230 that I'm putting into the property, I get a, get this, an almost 64% return on investment just on the cash flows. Let me say it again, a 64% return on investment. Where do you think you ought to put your money? I am leaning very heavily towards this one bedroom, one bath property. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I've just eliminated the three bedroom, one and a half bath property because this property is screaming at me, you need to buy me. So I'm going to stop analyzing the three bedroom, one and a half bath. I'm going to let somebody else buy that one. And I'm going to get back into the analysis of this one bedroom, one bath. And I'm going to talk to you about a potential exit strategy. Remember, I, I raised a couple concerns about the roof and the HVAC. I don't think that they're major concerns. I really don't. I think that if I bought this property and I had the inspections done, it would, it would come back and tell me that everything is clean. I'm going to make a recommendation that we buy this property. And we hold this property for at least a year and a day. Well, the reason we're going to hold it for a year and a day is when we hold properties for a year and a day or longer, the taxation that we incur when we dispose of the property becomes much more favorable to us. See, if, if we owned the property for, for a year or less and sold that property, we would be subject to something called short-term capital gains rates, which are much higher than long-term capital gains rates. So we want to keep our taxation to a minimum. That's another way we make money in real estate. We keep our taxation to a minimum. And I would say that, you know, normally when I would buy a single family house, I would anticipate about a five-year hold on the property. But because I'm not replacing or repairing everything 100% to brand new condition on this particular one bedroom, one bath, I'm, I'm, ex I'm accepting some risk. I am accepting some risk. Something could break down and it could cost me some money. Uh, so I have to accept some risk. But at the end of the day, let's say I sold this property at year three. Let's say the HVAC just continued to run perfectly over the three years. The roof had no problems at all. I didn't incur any maintenance costs on this particular property because everything is in really good shape. So I decided to dispose of the property at the end of year three. Well, here's the beautiful thing. At the end of year three, that property will have produced almost $10,000 in cash flow for me. $10,000. Remember, I only put a little over $5,000 into the property. So just on the cash flows alone, I am going to essentially double my money. Double my money. I'm actually going to do better than double my money. I am, because there's other ways we make money in real estate. Now, the property is going to go up in value. We know that real estate doubles in value approximately every 20 years. So appreciation over three years works out to be, well, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. It works out to be about $4,000. Not, not a massive amount of money, but still, it's additional money. We started 
with an after repair value of $110,000. So if the property only goes up, say, 3.5% per year, it's not going to go up a lot every year. Does that make sense? All right. Another way we make money in real estate has to do with the fact that we're paying down the principal. And at the end of year three, we will have made enough loan payments to reduce the principal owed on that loan by an additional $2,000. Let's say we get to year three. And let's say we sell that property at the end of year three. How much do we make? Well, pretty simple. We would have an adjust, adjusted capital gain. Now, first of all, the, the projected value of that property goes up to about 121. I'm sorry, I gave you a bad number earlier. I, I said it only went up $4,000. That's the amount it went up in year three. I got to correct that. It actually goes up $12,000 in value. And the reason I just caught that is because I'm talking about the projected future value of the property. Projected future value of this property at the end of year three is $122,000. $122,000. And remember, the ARV when we bought it was $110,000. So we're going to make an extra $12,000 on this property. Does that make sense? When we sell this property at the end of year three, our adjusted capital gain over three years works out to be $31,702. Now, keep in mind, we only put a little over $5,000 of our own money into this property. At the end of year three, when you take into account all the different ways that we make money in real estate, what you find is that you're earning a 506% return on investment. And that's just in three years. What if you held this property for five years? What, what would it do for you over a five-year period? Well, if you held it over a five-year period, instead of having adjusted capital gains of $31,700, you would have an adjusted capital gains of $41,300. That would give you a 690% return on on investment over five years when you take into account the five different ways we make money. How's that stock market doing? We started the show by talking about the stock market kind of looked like maybe, at least the Dow Jones was looking like it was setting up to, for a breakout, but the breakout failed. It didn't break out. It just went back into its slump. And then and then I took a look at the NASDAQ and I realized, yeah, the NASDAQ's not doing so good. It's, it's, it's definitely on a downward trajectory. And then when you turn on the news and you hear all the financial news and all these companies having to deal with additional costs because inflation is going up or additional expenses because now the cost of money is going up, because interest rates are rising, that is having an impact on the bottom line of those companies. And as they report their earnings, their earnings aren't coming in as strong as were predicted. And that's why your stock prices are falling. But in real estate, in real estate, in a, a little one bedroom, one bath house in Leavenworth, Kansas, I just explained to you how you can make over 500% return on investment. We've got to get you going with real estate. To get started, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, get signed up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. 
Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.